Hi, and welcome to another great message from Mr. Christian Outreach Church. We pray you'll be inspired and equipped by this teaching. For more information on Mr. Christian Outreach Church, please check out our website at noosacoc.org.au. Enjoy. And uh, so this morning, you know, I'd love to talk about um, living with confidence. Because we walk through some stuff in life, don't we? And the Lord wants us to live with confidence. He wants us to, he wants us to be a people who's, who's, who aren't concerned about what's in front of us, but we're, we're living according to his capacity and his call and who he is. You know, I, um, you know I, was, I was thinking about... Um, I was thinking a little bit about me this week. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like this week we're going to talk about you and me, what you want. You know, I'm drawn to that old hymn in the 80s, 1982, that Shannon Noel did a remake of. What about me? It isn't fair. I've had enough. Now I want my share. Let's all sing that together. You ready? But before we start, let's warm up. Ready? Me, 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 me. So today's all about you, all right? Living with confidence, because here's the thing. God has called you to be you. He hasn't called you to be me. He hasn't called you to be Jamie. He hasn't called you to be Ben. He hasn't called you to be whoever your hero is. You know, I'm sure it's not outside of those three. But, you know, he hasn't called you to be your hero. He hasn't called you. He's called you to be exactly you. And he wants you to live with confidence being yourself. Jeremiah 17, 7 to 9 says this, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose confidence is in the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. Living with confidence. You know, I've got a little clip of some super confident people. So um, why don't we just have a look at this for a couple of minutes and uh, just, in, just enjoy um, just the, the greatness of God in the confidence of people. Very cool. Very cool. The clip's called uh, People Are Awesome, but to me, you know, God is awesome. Uh, and, you know, he's given us... He's given us uh, the, the capacity just in our physical bodies to do amazing things. Uh, but I want to challenge you today that he's put something in you deeper. Hey, he's put a capacity in you, and it's called his capacity that is deeper, that gives you a confidence to do things that, that, that most people are, are, are afraid or hindered to go and do. So I, I want to challenge you today, you know, that, that as we put our confidence in him, that, you know, that we will do great things. I love First John 5.14, it says this, This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything, He hears us. Is that right? Or does it say, This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And you are called to be courageously you. This is one I challenge you this year, to be courageously you. Joshua 1.9 says, Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. 
It takes courage to choose. And it takes faith to know God is behind you and he is for you and that his will is for, the, for you to do the best. And I want to submit to you today that you are really only your real true self when you're totally dependent on God. In fact, you're only, you're only your true powerful and um, have any authority when you're totally dependent on God. You see, the problem with the, the What About Me song is that the best version of you is when you're totally dependent on Him. So even though I did a Jehovah Sneaky and um, drew you in with the, with the What About Me song, the reality is you is all about Him. You know, for us, it's all about us getting to know Him. You know, and it's, it's our confidence when we go, our confident confidence to go to God is when our and our hope, when our trust, when we understand Him and His will. Do you ever pray sometimes and you go, Lord, are you listening to me? You know, we do these we do these courses here, hearing from God courses with um, Greg and Julie Bailey each year. And uh, you know, I, I wonder whether the Lord's done a hearing from Josh course because you know I pray a lot and I reckon some of them they're just not he's just not getting it. Because he's maybe not hearing me. And then I read verses like, you know, our confidence to approach God is about asking things that are according to his will. See, he wants us to get to know him and his will. And, you know, we saw in the life of Jesus, Jesus showed what's possible when our life is totally dependent on our Heavenly Father. And then when he goes, he says, greater things will you do after I am gone. So he's called us. You know, we look at all of Jesus' actions, but behind the action was a life totally dependent on his heavenly Father. So if our confidence is in God and his will, then knowing him and his will is the beginning of us living with confidence. You know, we, the Bible talks a lot about the will of God. You know, the reality of the will of God is his preference, isn't it? The will of God is his preference. It's his, his disposition. It, it's what, it, so he says, you know, he says things in his word like, yeah, the will of the Lord is that all men would be saved. The will of the Lord is that we would be thankful in all things. The will of the Lord is that everyone who looks on the Son and believes will have eternal life. The will of the Lord is that each one of you would know how to control his own body in holiness. And the will of the Lord is that by doing good, you shall put to silent the ignorance of foolish people. And the Bible goes on and on and talks about the will of God. He wants, us to, he wants us to know and understand the will of God and he also wants us to know and understand the person of God. So what about the person of God? You know, this morning I'd like to talk um, a little bit from out of uh, the life of Abraham, who we call Father Abraham. First, the first contact God had uh, I mean, Abraham with, had with God was when he was living in Ur of the Chaldeans with his family. And the Lord came to him. And he'd no one knew, you know, no one knew who the Lord was up until that point. And the Lord Jehovah, you know, the, 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 the Lord came to him and said, gave him a promise. He says, I'll make a great nation of you. Bless, you know, blessed are those who bless you. Cursed are those who curse you. You know, he gave, gives him a blessing, the promise. And he also says, now leave the land of Ur, the land of your fathers, and go to the place that I will take you. So God gives him a challenge 
And he also gives him a promise to go with that challenge. And so this is how he knows God at the start. The God who gives you, he gives you something to do, somewhere to go, and a promise to go with it. This is the, this is the Lord that, that Abraham knew up until that point. And then a few things go down, and over time he's, you know, he um, has some family, and, um, and he hooks up with his uh, nephew Lot. Anyway, so they come together, and uh, Lot eventually gets caught up uh, in the city of Sodom. And Abraham, who's Abram at this time, uh, thinks that he needs to go and rescue uh, Lot out of, the, out of the city of Sodom. And so he goes there and he's, he's in negotiation with the king and all sorts of stuff. And then he meets this amazing man who's a priest, priest of the Most High God called Melchizedek. Melchizedek says this amazing thing in uh, Genesis 14. He says, Blessed be Abraham of God Most High, creator and possessor of heaven and earth. The God Most High, you know, in Hebrew is El Elyon. Melchizedek introduces Abraham, Abram to another aspect of God. He introduces, to, he introduces Abram to another part of God's capacity. See, what, what happens is Abram increases in his understanding of God and as he increases in his understanding he increases in his confidence to live out the call of God you see in discussions with the king of Sodom Sodom says no leave your family and take some possessions out of Sodom and be on your way we would rather keep the people and 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 um, you take some of our possessions and Abraham knew this he is he knew that God isn't just the greatest of all the gods. He, isn't the cre- he is the creator of the entire universe. He is the one true God, the God most high. And he owns and controls everything you see. So because Abraham discovered this new aspect of God, he knew that there was nothing in Sodom that could satisfy him. So he says this to the king of Sodom in Genesis 14, 22. He says, I have sworn an oath to the Lord, God most high, the possessor of heaven and earth, that I will take nothing from a thread to a sandal strap and that I will not take anything that is yours lest you should say, I have made Abram rich. Wow. Notice how Abram's faith in God increased as his revelation of God's identity increased. This is the challenge for you. This is the challenge that God has for you. He wants your revelation of him to increase. He wants your understanding of his will to increase because as it increases, you will begin to walk with a new confidence and a new faith. And things that are presented to you, opportunities that are presented to you, you will see them in the light of truth. You know, we love free stuff, don't we? Anyone you know, love free stuff? Kristen and I were in a, conf- a conference in uh, in Atlanta a few years ago, and there was about fifteen thousand people there in the conference. And man, the Americans know how to do free stuff. Every speaker that was there, there was that was there had a book that they were releasing, and they to and everyone who released the book, they didn't stand at the door signing the books. They gave away fifteen thousand copies of their book. And they, and, they, and they said, if you want us to sign your book, we'll sign it afterwards. But they understood generosity. They gave, we walked out of that place with T-shirts, with food, with coffee, with, you know what I mean? 
all sorts of different things, vouchers for this and vouchers for that, books and CDs and USB sticks and all this sort of stuff. The free stuff was cool. And one, and they, one time we were sitting in the conference and they handed around these bowls of Doritos. Not bags of Doritos, just open bowls of Doritos. And 15,000 of us took a, a handful of Doritos each and they said, hold on to the Doritos. And then, and then on the count of 10, when they counted down from 10, we want you to put them in your mouth and go like this. So they counted down and then it was three, two, one was silent and then everyone put the Dorito in their mouth and went chomp and you, you want 15,000 people chomping on Doritos sounds like very cool and uh, it was for some Dorito ad I don't know what that was all about but, um, but we love the free stuff hey here's the thing with, with Abram I will take nothing from Sodom it's not, it, there's nothing wrong with you receiving something from someone. But let's be very aware that we don't want anyone else to get the glory for where we're at. We only want him to get the glory. I love what Abram said. I don't want you ever to have the ability to say that I made Abram rich. Who made you rich? Do you want, you want to know that only the Lord, only can, Lord can be glorified for where you're at in life? See, we love to cut corners. We love to discover, you know, shortcuts to where we want to be. But who gets the glory there? Who gets the glory? Because the, the, the Lord is the Lord of redemption. And when, if we take care of the redemptive process, then God doesn't get the glory for our redemption. A person does. A situation does. A church does. A, a, a family member does. We only want to give God the glory. Abraham saw the wealth and the temptation around him and he saw it as trivial compared with the revelation he had of the God most high. So here's the thing. Abraham's confidence grew in proportion to his revelation of God's nature and character. And I challenge you that your confidence will grow in proportion to your revelation of God's nature and character. And as we seek to know God first, Matthew 6.33, our faith will increase and we will realise that he is the source of all things. He will say, don't worry about this. Don't worry about today. Don't worry about what you're going to eat or what you're going to drink or what you're going to wear. He's saying, seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first me. And when we understand that revelation, there's a liberty as we walk out our life. Isn't it interesting that uh, what we're known for? You know, Abraham, he's known for two things predominantly. He's known that he's the father of Israel and he's also known as the father of faith. So he's known as a father and he's known for his faith. He's known for the promise of God and how to access the promise of God. See, the promise of God was that Abraham would be a father of a great nation. And the access to that promise was through faith. And Abraham only understood those things as God presented him opportunities to get to know God in a deeper, more powerful way. And as he connected with the aspects of God, he, he had a new confidence and his faith was built up and he, and he became that person that we celebrate still today. We'll all, really re, we'll all be remembered not only for what we've done, but with how we've got there. 
you know, if, at the end of the day, Lot, who knows, he is a bit of a scallywag. If he didn't kind of make it out alive, probably wouldn't have made things too much different. And if Abraham had got all this, you know, wealth from Sodom, he probably would have got wealthy. But he wouldn't have been remembered as a man who, has, who had the faith in God, who understood who God is. And we wouldn't be able to share these stories about trusting in him. So you can receive... You can receive from other than God and be feel blessed in the moment yourself. But what we're doing though, everything we do today is how we're going to be remembered tomorrow. Not only, you know, the, the Lord has given us amazing promises, but he's also given us a key to access those promises. And the key to accessing promises is in our confidence. It's in our faith. And those things, they're very easy things to say, live a confident life. But in reality, it's very difficult to live a confident life unless you know what your confidence is in. See, we can only approach God with confidence when we ask things that are according to His will. He wants us to be people who understand and know Him, and then we will walk in confidence. As Abram met God in a new and deeper way, each aspect of his life, he grew in confidence. And he became that man of faith that we celebrate today. Hebrews 11.6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. God is calling us not just to seek the favour and the blessing of heaven. He's called us to seek the God of heaven. So the story goes on. Abraham kind of loses sight of God's provision and does these things, has a bit of a moment and him and his wife have a chat and they go, look, we've had the promise of a son but it doesn't seem to be happening so you know, how about we take things to our own hands and they end up having Ishmael and uh, some 13 years later when Abram's 99, God revisits him in Genesis 17.1 and he says this to Abram, he says, I am almighty God, walk before me and be blameless. And I will make my covenant between me and you, and I will multiply you exceedingly. God introduces Abram to a new aspect of his nature and character. He introduces to him El Shaddai, Almighty One, all powerful and all sufficient. You know, Abram, Abraham becomes Abraham then, and he learns that not only God is the possessor of all creation. God always keeps his word and that no obstacle can come in, come in between the promise of God and the delivery of that promise. Not even your selfishness, not even you thinking you're smarter than the promise of God can come in between you and the promise of God. See, God said a great nation will come from you. And you know, when you take it into your own strength, you know, you may, he may create a great nation, but it wasn't the nation that God had called through Ishmael, wasn't it? God wanted to create a nation through Isaac. El Shaddai, the almighty, all-powerful, and all-sufficient God. See, the Lord isn't bound by the laws of nature. You know, when the doctors would go in to, to visit Nathan this week, they were shocked at his recovery every day. They were shocked at his ability to bounce back. They were shocked that the moment he woke up, he was kidding around. You know, and they looked over. They looked over and they said, trying to test his memory, 
And they said, hi, do you know, what, you know who you are? And he goes, yep, yep. And they looked over at Anita and they said, do you know who this is? And he goes... And then his belly starts to go boom, boom, boom. And he's just laughing. Straight away he wakes up and he's making a joke about not remembering his wife. And, you know, humour is one of the greatest things that comes back, isn't it? It comes back first. And he's, he's into it straight away. And, and the doctors are amazed, but we're not amazed, are we? We're not amazed that God is gracious and that, that nothing that we see on earth can hinder his capacity to do good. We live in confidence. We live in confidence because we have a revelation of the greatness of our God. We live in confidence that, that he, is, he has called us to do great things. You know, I was talking to James as we were driving down, um, down to the hospital yesterday and, and uh, he says, oh, I felt to pick up this book on um, pushing push, I think it was called on prayer. And he says, I don't know why, he just felt to read it anyway. He's just, about, he's just finishing it. And, he was, and, and then this thing happened on, on Tuesday night and he's totally equipped to pray through this situation. You know, God is, you don't know what he's preparing you for. You don't know which aspects of his, of his, his person, his personality, his nature and character that he's introducing you to right now that are preparing you for the situations that are in front of you. It's one of the challenges we have at a Pentecost, in the Pentecostal church is we love the power of God, but God wants, you to, he wants to prepare you for his power with the foundation of his nature and character. You know what happens when you can build two houses? You know, we know the parable of the, the house being built on the rock and the house being built on the sand. Both beautiful houses. Both clout design. Both both looking beautiful, both got a river running through the house, both got all the fruit, you know, they've got everything that's happening, but one is on a foundation of rock and one is on a foundation of sand. And the one that is built on the foundation of the rock, when the miracles come, the house stays. When the power comes, you know, we always think of the storm that comes, that takes out the house. Sometimes the storm isn't negative, sometimes it's the power of God. Sometimes it's, it's the storm of the miraculous. Sometimes it's the storm of, of God doing a mighty work in a relationship. Sometimes that storm can distract us from the foundation of his nature and character. And we want to live in the glory of the moment and God's going, I want you rooted and grounded in my word and in my love, in my nature and in my character so that when my goodness comes, when the challenge of the enemy comes, you know who you are, you know your identity and you stand firm and you live with confidence so God says hey we're going to do it anyway I'm not bound by the laws of nature you know Romans 8 39 like the temptations say ain't no mountain high ain't no valley low ain't no river too wide to keep me from getting to you baby the temptation sang that song, but the reality is in Romans 8, 39, you know, nothing can separate us from his love. Nothing can separate us from his love. When I say something will be done, it's already done. He's saying, you might be limited to time, but I'm not. I'm outside of time. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He says, I've already been there. I've already gone there. I'm here now and don't worry about when it's going to happen. When I said you're healed, you're healed. When I said you're free, you're free. 
So don't worry about the, the, the time period of that when, when it comes to pass. He's saying, when I speak, it has happened. You don't need to take it into your own hands. You don't need to make your own child a promise. You just need to put your trust in me and walk in confidence that I'm not limited by what you're limited by. I'm not limited by time. You know? I'm not limited by physical strength. In fact, I'm not limited by anything. I'm above all, in all, and through all. So put your confidence in me and begin to walk in confidence in the rest of your life. See, Abraham was looking at the impossibilities and God was showing him there are none when it comes to him. God was showing him that nothing has gone too far for him to be able to redeem. And he's saying to you today, nothing has gone too far in your life or your family's life, or your friend's life that he is not able to redeem. Because his identity is that he is the redeemer. He is the restorer. And he's called you to intercede that restoration. He's called you to live with confidence. So here we go. God gives him a son. El Shaddai all-powerful, all-sufficient, keeper of promises. My word is guaranteed. So Abraham lived with a new confidence as he discovered this new character trait of the Lord. Then after he's cruising along for a little while, and then after a little while, the Lord says, Abraham, it's time for you to sacrifice your son to me. Wow. So eventually, Abraham says, okay, The Lord will provide. He takes Isaac up on the hill and the Lord provides a ram. This is where we meet the new aspect of God, which is Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh is the Lord who provides. Now here's the interesting thing that we need to remember about this part of God's character trait. The reality of of Abraham getting to know this aspect of God's provision was not when the ram was provided. The reality of, God, of Abraham, Abraham getting to know that part of God's nature and character was when Abraham said, let's go, son, the Lord will provide. See, he had the revelation of who God was and the aspect that he was the provider well before the ram was provided. So when the ram, you know, bleated out of the bushes and, and he killed the ram, that wasn't the, that wasn't the amazing miracle. The amazing miracle was that Abraham took Isaac with him up the hill and said the Lord will provide because he had the revelation of who God is that gave him the power and the resilience and the resolve to do what God called him to do. See, the question for you is, what is God calling you to do? And are you standing at the bottom of the hill or are you saying the Lord will provide and heading in the direction of the call? You see, it's very easy for us to say, oh yeah, I'd do that. I'd take my son up there. But the reality is, you know, without the revelation of God, there's no way you're taking your son up on that hill there. There's no way you're taking your son to sacrifice him unless you get the revelation of God's identity and character right then and there. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide the strength and the resolve to do what the Lord has asked. 
this is the this is the provision of the lord the provision of the lord was not the ram that's the easy part the provision of the lord was in the resolve and power to do what god said even though he couldn't see it in the natural even though you can't see in the natural what you need to walk through right now you want to ask god for the revelation of his identity to give you the power and the resolve to do what god's asking you to do anyway We see the physical. Like Paul says in Philippians 4, 19, he says, My God shall supply all your need according to what? According to his riches in glory by Jesus Christ. According to his riches. See, his kingdom is not of this world. His power is not of this world. He is, he is the Lord of heaven and earth. He is, he, he is so much bigger than what you're looking for right now. So according to his riches means you need to actually forget about your riches. You need to forget about what you're protecting and you need to put your trust in his identity. But it comes through us walking this journey. It comes saying, Lord, I am going to walk with confidence. My goal this year is to walk with confidence. But to walk with confidence, I need to know you more deeply and I need to know your will more accurately. So I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you as you go that there is a God to get to know even deeper. Now, they're just a couple of aspects. They're just a couple of aspects of God. You know, the, the list goes on. Jehovah Shalom, God of peace. El Hazim, the, the God who creates. Sedkinu, you know, our righteousness. Makedesh, he sanctifies. El Alam, the God of eternity. Rofi, who heals. Roi, the shepherd. You know, as you seek God, you will find his nature and character is so big that you cannot contain him in one word other than to simply say, I am. He calls him, when he introduces himself to Moses, he says, I am. You know, we can, you know, whatever, whatever you need, whatever you're walking through, wherever you're headed, he is what's going to give you the confidence to get there. So you might not know the aspect of God's nature and character right now that you need to give you faith to walk through this journey, but you need to know that he does have that aspect. You don't, may not know what it is yet, but he has the aspect, he has the, the area that's going to give you confidence to walk through it. So your prayer is not, uh, Lord, rescue me. Your prayer is, Lord, show me who you are so that I can have confidence to walk through this journey that you've called me on. So the question is never, Lord, help me. It's, Lord, show me your glory. It's, Lord, show me your face. It's, Lord, who are you? It's, Lord, I know that you are all-sufficient and that you are all-powerful and that you are ever-present and that you are everywhere. Lord, show me specifically for this challenge right now who you are so that I can walk with confidence through it. And we love, uh, we love that verse from 2 Corinthians 3.18 that says, We all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of God. Why doesn't the band jump up? You are called to be you. You are called to be you. 
And we know all these amazing aspects of God's nature and character. And let me just say, just because God provided a ram for Abram, just because he, you know, he gave David this, and just because he gave Jesus that, and just because he gave Paul this, and just because he gave, doesn't mean he's going to give those exact things to you. He wants you to know that he's called you with a clear purpose. He's called you to be you. And as you face the challenges that you're facing, as you face the, the, the pathway to the promise that he has on your life, he's going to reveal aspects of his nature and character that are specific to your journey. As we read the word of the Lord, we understand that the Lord is all-powerful, the Lord, that, that, that the Lord can do all things, that he's gracious and mercy and full of hope. And as we walk the journey, as we commit to the call on our lives, as we commit to the promise that he has given us, he will introduce us to the aspects of him that will give us the confidence to walk in faith. Why don't you stand with me this morning? You're called to be you. You know, we, Father, we, we diligently seek your goodness this morning. Father, we seek a revelation of your identity and your will today. Father, we thank you that you are the beginning and the end of everything that is good. We choose, Father, to seek more of you today. The desire in our heart, Lord, is to live with confidence. The desire in our heart, Father, is to be people who understand that we are called with a purpose that is beyond the challenge that we face right now. So, Father, for every heart in this house, for every mind in this house, Father, Lord, I just ask that you would wash their thoughts afresh. Lord, that you would stir up, you would impart to the hearts of your people a new courage, a new confidence that they are a son, that they are a daughter of you, Lord, and that you've called them with a deep and rich call and that your will includes them and that your desire is for us to know who we are and to walk confidently in who. So we glorify your mighty name this morning and we commit ourselves to you afresh. Amen. Let's worship together, church. Come on.